said you're gonna shoot me down put my body in the river shoot me down put my body in the river while the whole world sings sing it like a song the whole world sings like there's nothing going wrong he shot her down he put her body in the river he covered her up but i went to get her and i said my girl what happened to you now i said my girl we gotta stop it somehow Welcome to Radio Menea. This is Veronica Valletti Flores. And I'm Miriam Soila Perez. And today we're bringing you a special unplanned episode of the podcast. We had an episode already ready to go for you all for Friday about desire. But um, given what happened this weekend in Orlando, Florida, with the massacre of 49 queer, Latino, and black um, gay folks who were celebrating, queer folks who were celebrating um a gay Latino night at the Pulse nightclub, we knew that we needed to stop and really take the time to reflect on what has happened to our community. Yeah, we really felt as people who are queer, as people who are Latina, this is a moment for grieving for our community. And for us, music is a big part of that. And music has been part of providing us comfort in this time and providing us um, a way to think of resistance going forward as well. So we wanted to record an episode that could hopefully help our listeners process some of that as well with us. For sure. I mean, Vero, since Sunday, Vero and I have both been um, in grief, in mourning, in reflection. We've been writing about what happened and how it feels. We've been spending time with our queer and POC um, family um, in supporting each other and holding space for each other. So this episode is going to reflect exactly where we're at right now. This song that we're listening to right now is uh, called The Body Electric, and it's by Hooray for the Riff Raff. Hooray for the Riff Raff is Alinda Lee Segarra, who is a queer Puerto Rican woman from the Bronx and um, who is currently residing in New Orleans and is a folk singer who is amazingly talented. And this song is particularly about the violence that queer and trans people experience. It's about the violence that people of color experience. And we thought it was really appropriate for this moment. And when I heard this news, this is one of the songs that I turned to. Where were you when you heard about what happened? I was in Houston, Texas. I was working. I'm on the board of directors of an amazing organization called the National Network of Abortion Funds. And it was our organizing summit for our members. And on Sunday morning, we all woke up to the news. It was the end of our conference. And it was really hard. It was such a daze. And I still had work to do. And I still had to pack. And I had to um, get on a plane and go to the airport. My plane was delayed. Mm-hmm. You know, Luckily, living in New York City has made me really comfortable with public weeping. So um, I was definitely doing some of that at the airport in Houston. 
I was like, you know, the news kind of trickled in in bits and pieces, like the headlines when I woke up Sunday morning, the number of people killed was unclear. Um, it was not being reported that it was a Latino night, which really was like that piece of information really changed things for me and the way I related to it. And we'll talk more about that. And, um, so I was, I was home and then I was at a conference. I like spoke on a panel about, um, my work around criminalization of pregnancy and then I was just sort of looking on Facebook and getting texts from people and, and more folks checking in. And then, you know, it was DC Pride this weekend. Mm-hmm. And I went to this event with a friend that I was already kind of skeptical of. It was like this like very like rich gay boy kind of neighborhood party yeah. where they were like a house crawl between um, all of their like million dollar renovated homes. It was kind mm-hmm. of gross. And, you know, they had like signs up. They were like, we, you know, celebrate in memory of Orlando, but just being in like a almost predominantly white space. I was just like sitting there kind of disassociated looking at my phone. And finally I was like, I have to leave here and I have to go be with other queer Latinos and other queer people of color to really be able to deal with what had happened. And so I immediately went to my friend's place and spent the rest of the day with, with those folks in community, just trying to process what had happened. Yeah. That's so fortunate to have that. Yeah. I mean, I'm really grateful for my community, but it was just... It was like, okay, business as usual is not going to work today. No, completely devastating. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, like I said, it was DC Pride this weekend, so we had just been celebrating. Um, yeah. And, and I would literally on Thursday night had been at a queer Latino party for DC Pride Oof. with my friends who I ended up spending that day with on Sunday. And so it was really that feeling of, wow, this actually just could have been us, like mm-hmm. 100%. And that party... Those spaces, those queer dance party spaces that are Latino specific are always so joyful for me. I mean, I really feel like it's, um, you know, it's, it's, I mean, I think I said to my friend Ayati a couple times during the night, during that party, like this feels like heaven, Yeah. like being able to be with my people and to listen to the music that we love unapologetically, like sometimes at like mainstream queer parties, they'll play like reggaeton ish things or things that have like bachata flavors, but they're always like remixed and watered down and just made palatable for a white audience. And so, Mm -hmm. um, it's a real sanctuary. It's yeah. It's really like no other space. So to have something so tragic and so horrific happen at that kind of space really, I mean, it's still like hitting me. Yeah. It's completely jarring. I think you know, for many of us, it was one of the first times being at a queer Latino night was one of the first times that we felt whole yeah. as people, that we could be yeah. queer and that we could be Latino. And that Latinidad was very much informed by our experiences as well. Yeah. And that's what feels hard. For it feels jarring to know that that safety, that place where we go to escape so much violence was a place where that was disrupted. Yeah. So this next song that we're going to listen to is actually a song that played on Thursday night at the party I was at in D.C. Um, And I remember it really stuck out at me over that night because I was just in one of many joyful moments dancing and listening to the song and realizing that it was Selena. So the song is um, El Chico del Apartamento 512 by Selena. De un chavo que me dice que me está esperando Lo que él debía hacer es ir y darse un baño Y una aburrida me detiene otra 
vibe of the song, the subject matter of the song is not about this moment, but it's not lost on me that Selena herself was murdered at a really young age, at 23 years old, in the 90s by a, a fa- the president of her fan club in a really horrific way. And so to think about um, all the lives that were lost and how many of them were also in their early 20s, the folks who passed away, who were murdered mm-hmm. in Orlando. So, you know, this song I've listened to many times since Sunday and you know, when I was at my friend's house, um, when I arrived there, you know, music is a part of my healing. And so I immediately started putting music on and asking people around me what music they want to listen to. And, and this song, song came up because I have this memory of dancing to it. Um, yeah. So Perez and I used to go to a queer Latina night where I think is where mm-hmm. both of us probably first experienced this, like, feeling of wholeness and freedom around being queer and being Latina at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was called Azúcar. Yeah. And um, DJ Show Me Noise mm-hmm. uh, would DJ it. And mm-hmm. she's still around. She's doing Riot Chica. Mm-hmm. She um, is great. Um, and DJ Pre-Columbian, too. Yeah. Who's, in, I think, doing a party in Philly. In Philly. Days. Yeah. So there were a lot of... Um, that space was really important to us. Mm-hmm. That space was really, really important to us, and um, it felt like home. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we were there at the first one, and until like I moved away, yeah, it was every same. month. There was like no question we were going to be on yeah. Sufad. So, um, you know, I, I've tr- been trying to to explain um, exactly why it's been so meaningful. Um, these spaces and you know I wrote an essay for color lines that I published on Monday trying to really explain how how impactful this event has been on me so I'm just gonna read a couple of paragraphs from that essay and you can read the full thing on colorlines.com and it's called when the one place that feels like home is invaded I teared up for the first time my sadness finally breaking through the numbness that comes from hearing about many acts of violence when I read the first four names of the people who died I read their beautiful Latino names, names like mine, saw their young ages, and realized that many of yesterday's victims will be outed by their obituaries. These beautiful brown lives were taken in such a tragic way during a rare moment of queer joy and Latino belonging. What song was playing when the shooter entered the club? Was it a song I danced to on Thursday night? Was it a song that brought a smile to my face, that immediately pulled my hips into sway, that made me look up at the ceiling and thank the universe for this rare but affirming space. I'm not sure I can explain just how earth-shattering in a small slice of community that is already small, the death of 49, the wounding of 43, 53 more, and the traumatizing of the other 200 at the club will be. Being queer and Latinx in the U.S. sometimes feels like it can be impossible to find our people, and now tragedy has found us. I had that same experience where I tried to dissociate from the news but was no longer able to once I saw the names. Yeah. You know, there's been a lot of expressions of of like of sadness and fear and from people, you know, across the the world and across the queer community and I I've just been really focused on this this intersection of Latinidad and queerness and and I don't know that people 
fully understand how big of a deal this space is. I know we've been talking about it for a little bit, but just, you know, I I think a lot about how important like music and dancing is to my, in my, in the Cuban community and my family, like every party that happens ends with dancing Mm -hmm. and ends with music and ends with salsa and ends with merengue. And when I'm in those spaces with my family now, I'm always a little bit uncomfortable about who I can dance with and like what's okay because of my sexuality and my gender. Whereas my brother who's straight can dance with my female cousins and it's no big deal or he can dance with my mom. Like I don't feel comfortable dancing with him or my dad or other men in my family in the same way because it just doesn't feel, it feels a little bit awkward and like I like to lead and, but then I don't know if I can dance with my female cousins Mm -hmm. if that's going to be seen as like weird or like they're going to feel uncomfortable. And so that to be in a space where I can be in that cultural moment and have the music that I love and feel connected, but also not have to think at all about who am I dancing with and whether it's uncomfortable, you know, like I can dance with whoever I can dance with my really good Latina friend. I can also dance like on Thursday night with my gay Filipino, um, super close friend. And I, I taught him how to bachata and like I was leading and he was following and that felt so natural to us, Mm -hmm. you know, and like watching the pairings around the dance floor. So it's not just, you know, a party. It's not just um, a club. It's not just about drinking and meeting people. It's like this, yeah, feeling of wholeness, like you said. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The next song that we want to bring you is by La Santa Cecilia, and it's called Nunca Más. se quedan mudos otros tienen memoria para olvidar si la violencia es un espejo que se rompe y nuestras lágrimas caídas gritarán solo recuerda que mi cara tiene un nombre y nunca más se callará I brought this song because it is very much about the violence that immigrants face in this country. Um, And it's La Santa Cecilia, the folks in it, as far as I know, are not queer. They are feminists. They're very cool. I've had the distinct privilege of interviewing them before. And um, they're an amazing band. But um, this song in particular um, felt important to me because I think that when we talk about this tragedy as just being an LGBT thing and don't hone in on the fact that it was a lot of people who um, are part of a diaspora. We lose something really important. Um, And I think we need to think about that. We need to think about the fact that Puerto Rico is enduring an economic crisis that is crippling and is very much about the fact that it's a commonwealth of the United States, which is a nicer way to say that it's a colony of the United States. And most of the victims were Puerto Rican. That's right. 
uh, people are leaving at a rate of about 3,000 people a week are leaving the island. Wow. And most of them are landing in Orlando. Mm -hmm. And we can't forget that. Um, we need to think about the fact that some of the victims of the shooting were undocumented yeah. or some of the some of the survivors are undocumented yeah. and are wondering how they're going to pay their rent yeah. without the job that they're they should be working while they're in the hospital yeah. they're wondering how they're going to pay their hospital bill they're not yeah. eligible for any kind of um, health care uh, assistance in the united states folks who were undocumented and died their families can't come claim their bodies uh, nor can they afford to have them sent back home. It's devastating, and the fact that these folks are Latinos means something. Yeah. It means something very particular, and it means that the consequences of this tragedy are different for us. Yeah, yeah. No, it's so important, and that's getting really lost in the sort of just like queer framing. I mean, there's some media that's not even framing it as queer at all, which is really horrific. But then to only to to ignore the racialized piece of this and the piece, the fact that it was majority of people of color who were murdered, and mostly Latino and Black and Afro Latino people. Um, I, I mean, I just I I can't handle any mentions of this that don't center that. Yeah, and you know, particularly as an immigrant myself and as a queer Latina myself, um, I, the pain of diaspora is the biggest pain I've ever felt mm. in my life. And I just can't imagine this tragedy and what it must mean for folks in Puerto Rico who have family who died in Orlando, folks in Mexico who had family who died in Orlando, folks who can't be near their loved ones as they recover. Yeah. There's so many layers on top of layers of this. Well, the next song that we're going to bring is, um, talks about that kind of issue of, of diaspora and, and immigration and separation. It's a song by Monchi y Alexandra, and it's called Oja en Blanco. days after the um, after what happened in Orlando um, because of the fact that there was a, a Monchina y Alexandra song at least one that played at the party I was at on Thursday and it was a different song it was not this one but they're such a classic bachata duo they're from the Dominican mm -hmm. Republic and you know their music always plays but this song specifically 
really addresses what happens when people leave and never come back and can't come back. Um, what happens when your loved ones yeah, leave the country and then you're left behind. Um, and that really connects to um, you know, the, the pain of, of immigration and diaspora and the reason why things like music become so important, right? It's like, yeah. you know, when you can't, you know, my, my family has been separated from Cuba for, you know, 50 plus years and music has always been one way that they've stayed connected. And so yeah. that's why music and dancing are so central. Um, and so to think about, um, you know, all the layers of suffering that the folks in Orlando and the people you know, the thousands, hundreds of people, their their family, their friends, their their community in the U.S. and abroad, um, how they're impacted by it. Um, so, you know, this song has been has been bringing me some solace and, and um, been part of my mourning process. Yeah, this song is so beautiful. I really, really love this song, and I think that it does capture that very well. It captures how painful diaspora can be both for the people that leave and the people who stay, yeah. right? It's hard because our families are split up and it's hard because we lose some sort of connection to our homeland. Yeah. And we also grasp at any connection, which is again, why these spaces are so important and particularly for queer people um, who obviously um, Latino families are very, very diverse and some people are very accepting, some people are less accepting, um, some people get kicked out of their homes, but um, I think especially when, you know, we have situations where we're no longer in contact with our families because of, um, because of homophobia or even if like there was a period in our life when our families would still talk to us but were really uncomfortable with the wholeness of our identity, to feel whole anywhere was such a blessing. Yeah. It's such a blessing and it's hard to feel that way um, as an immigrant, as a queer person, as a Latina. Um, it's hard to feel that way anywhere and I think this this song captures a little bit of that pain. Yeah. And you know, I've, I've been reflecting on just how few spaces like this we have. Like that party that Beto and I mentioned, Azucar, doesn't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, the bars and clubs that have existed that have been explicitly for the queer Latino community. Most of them don't exist anymore because of gentrification, because of displacement, because of the difficult economics of running a marginalized space for a margin of that marginalized community. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, the party I was at happens once a year and there's a couple other parties that happen every few months in DC. And so, um, you know, I, I have a lot of moments often with my white queer friends around music and, and because I center Latino music so much in my life and and there's moments that might seem like nothing like where someone you know makes a offhanded comment about how all bachata sounds the same or when a song that I love plays at a, a not Latino queer party people don't want to dance to it like those moments like I feel like hit home in a way that mm -hmm. I don't think people understand because of all the things that we're talking about and and how um, frustrating it is that this our particular community just get so little space for ourselves. And so to have this moment and this space be disrupted and violated and invaded and really tainted, um, like you said, Beto, in your piece for Remescla, like, yeah. it's just, it's really significant. So the next song, um, and the last song that I have for you, 
is Explosion by Julieta Venegas. this song because um, in this song Julieta Venegas is really asking us if we are gonna allow injustice in our names and um, you know as Perez said I wrote about this also um, for Remezcla we'll link that on RadioMenea.com we'll link the full piece that uh, Perez read a little bit of and um, but in my piece I really the way that I was thinking about it is thinking about the political context and thinking about the fact that um, just the way that the news and our politicians have responded to this shooting has been with such deep Islamophobia and such deep xenophobia and it makes me really sure that as a queer Latina, it's very important for me to speak out about it because I, we just cannot allow our pain to be crafted into a narrative that is false and that is scaremongering and that is just going to fuel further violence and further war. Not in our names. No. No. So the DC primary was on Tuesday. And I went to vote and, you know, the, the comments that Hillary Clinton had made in the wake of what happened in Orlando and the sort of very clear, like, hawkishness and fear-mongering and just what you said about um, the hints that this will really be used to further militarize and um, add to the global conflict um, that is really not addressing the root causes of any of this violence made me decide I wasn't going to vote in the presidential primary. So I went to vote because the local elections really matter in D.C., but I um, refused to pick a presidential candidate. Um, and so that was my, like, one really minor act of kind of disobedience or just refusal to endorse um, the presidential, you know, candidate who's, you know, going to be the nominee um, because I was just so affected by what happened, and I don't, not in our name and, and not in, um, you know, the, that kind of violence and those kinds of conflicts are actually what fuel the migration of Latino people and people from all over the world to the United States. So it's all a part of the same system. And so I refuse oh. to, to participate in that. And so we're going to have to be working really hard to push back at those, um, those tendencies that are already coming up among our government. So that's a part of our work too. Yeah, that's right. And I think um, 
I think it's also really important that we remember that right now it's June. Um, Our last episode was a queer episode because of Pride. And we talked about Pride and the meaning of Pride and how it is a celebration of our resistance in the face of violence. And it's... I'm finding it helpful and finding solace and tapping into that um, in knowing that our communities are very familiar with tragedy. We've experienced it a lot. We're very familiar with violence. Yeah. And yet we resist. And yet we still find joy. We yeah. still make art. Yeah. Yeah, and we hold each other close. Yeah. And the next time there's a queer Latino party... I will be there with bells on just like I was last week and I will hold my friends even closer and I will feel the poignancy of that moment and the loss of all those beautiful lives. But we were not, we will not shrink back. We will not allow fear to change the ways in which we take up space. That's right. So the last song that we have for you is by Buica and it's called No Habrá Nadie en el Mundo. song both for its beautiful mournful quality and because when I was on Sunday when I finally went to like be with my people I was with like seven or so close friends queer folks queer people of color primarily and a, and a couple of POC ally friends um, and I asked the two other queer Latinas who were there um, what music do they want to hear mm-hmm. in that moment um, and one of them who's also Cubana and Colombian, um, suggested Buica. And so this song um, came, got onto my playlist. And um, I just think that, yeah, the, the energy of it really um, struck me as part of the sort of mourning that we're in. And, um, you know, I think it's really important for us to celebrate and uplift the ways in which we do mourn and which we do heal. And, you know, my friends and I just like quickly gathered at a friend's house and everybody brought food and um, snacks and things that would comfort us and um, and we just sat around and we talked and we held hands and some people cried and we looked at the news and we reflected on how we felt on Thursday night and um, really just shared space with each other which was so important and so beautiful and I'm so grateful and it was really important to me to be with my um, queer POC friends and to be with friends who are also Latina to share in that moment and, and the poignancy of it and yeah. you know we ended up watching Hamilton at the Tonys mm-hmm. <laughs> later that night which was like hard but also important to have some joy and to laugh and to to see also amazing POC you know artists and, and cultural workers and of course Lin-Manuel Miranda said a lot of beautiful things about Orlando and um, really yeah. brought that into the space in an important way and a lot of the the other people at the Tonys did so you know that was that was how we really supported each other through that first really difficult day yeah I finally got a chance on Tuesday to have a little bit of that experience yeah. I um I had been kind of going non-stop 
um, since it happened, processing my feelings through writing, looking at the news, working, and not sort of allowing myself to stop and care for myself because it was too much. But on Tuesday, we had the opportunity to mourn together. Beres was there with me, yeah. and I felt really grateful for that. Another really close queer Latina friend of ours, Stephanie, was there with us, and it was just so meaningful to be there and to hear names and mm. hold each other and just have that, you know. So yeah. hopefully you all have had some time to slow down and reflect and care for yourself in the ways that feel good for you. That can look really different for different people. Um, and I hope that you all have been able to take the time to do whatever works for you. Uh, my, a friend of mine who actually grew up in Orlando and is queer and Latina texted me just a few minutes ago that um, she heard that one of her friends told her at the vigil in Orlando on Sunday night that um, a flock of birds flew over uh. the vigil and that they were all looking at the picture and that they counted 49 oh birds. My God. So, you know, it's, we have to hold space for the ancestors that have joined yeah. us and really welcome them and and bring 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 ourselves a little bit of peace from that. And so in that vein, we're going to end this episode by reading the names of the 49 people who passed away on Sunday. Um, if you're not in a place where you can hear those names again, then we, you know, wish you goodbye and thank you for listening. But... Uh, we want to offer this um, for people who do want to hear their names and for our own grief and mourning and to really recognize the beautiful lives that, that were lost. Stanley Almodovar III. Amanda Alvear. Oscar A. Aracena Montero. Rodolfo Ayala Ayala. Antonio Davon Brown. Daryl Roman Burt II. Angel L. Candelario Padro. Juan Chavez Martinez. Luis Daniel Conde. Corey James Connell. Tevin Eugene Crosby. Dianca Deidre Drayton. Simon Adrián Carrillo Fernández. Leroy Valentin Fernandez. Mercedes Marisol Flores. Peter O. Gonzalez Cruz. Juan Ramon Guerrero. Paul Terrell Henry. Frank Hernandez. Miguel Ángel Honorato Javier Jorge Reyes Jason Benjamin Josafat Eddie Jamaldroy Justice Anthony Luis Laureando Tisla Christopher Andrew Lainonen Alejandro Barrios Martinez Brenda Lee Marcus McCool 
Gilberto, Gilberto Ramon Silva Menendez. Kimberly Morris. Akira Monet Murray. Luis Omar Ocasio Capo. Geraldo A. Ortiz Jimenez. Eric Ivan Ortiz Rivera. Joel Rayon Paniagua. Giancarlos Méndez Pérez. Enrique L. Rios Jr. John C. Nieves Rodríguez. Javier Emanuel Serrano Rosado. Christopher Joseph Sanfeliz. Gilmari Rodríguez Solivan. Edward Sotomayor Jr. Shane Evan Tomlinson. Martín Benítez Torres. Jonathan Antonio Camuy Vega. Juan P. Rivera Velázquez. Luis S. Vielma. Frankie Jimmy de Jesús Velázquez. Luis Daniel Wilson León. Gerald Arthur Wright. Que descansen en paz, amores. Thank you so much for listening. Yo no comprendo que tú me lastimes.